You are listening to Cracking the Rich Code with Miss Marilee, your insider's club from authors and entrepreneurs across the country, giving us their best to help us crack the rich code. And now, here is Miss Marilee. Welcome, everyone, to Cracking the Rich Code. I am Miss Marilee. I'm excited today. My guest is Hallie Bigliardi, um, and she's going to correct me if anybody said that right. <laughs> she's the author of Take Back the Reins. <laughs> The truth about why you're stuck and how to get moving again. In her chapter, Entrepreneur Purpose, she describes how our internal compass plays a role in helping us to reach our soul purpose and how fate helps us get there. She's a firm believer in energetic blocks being a culprit to our success and shares how we can move them in order to reach our full potential. I totally, totally love that. I'm just, I'm so excited about this conversation. I'm, I'm right there with you on the same page. She's an expert in the area of relationships, leadership, communication, and facilitating transformations, uh, transformational brews. Hallie has developed a unique and effective approach for getting unstuck and moving forward toward meaningful change. Hallie, are you there? Yes, I am. Thank you. Welcome. Thanks for having me today. Of Thank course. You. I'm excited about uh, about your chapter and about this discussion. I'm always enjoying our, our uh, co-authors because you all just bring so much to the table. It's fun. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I was reviewing some of our co-author work today, including your chapter, and I just, I love, you know, the way that you word things, and I think we kind of have some similar ideas about that. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. Yeah. I um, When I was reading your chapter, I was thinking, yes. Yes, exactly that. Oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, your chapter is entitled Entrepreneur on Purpose. Why did you call it that? Why did I call it that? Yeah. Okay, sure. Um, well, because I feel like sometimes we get into um, a, a role or something that comes from a should or um, a sort of an external push to do something um, based on maybe our history or our training. You know, we think like this is what we're supposed to do. And so we start to pursue that when it's not really something that's in alignment with who we truly are. Um, and so we find ourselves struggling um, to to do the thing that we're trying to make ourselves do that might not be in alignment with, with what our soul is really here for. And mm-hmm. so um, I think for entrepreneurs, it's really important to um, evaluate your own authentic desires and to be able to get in touch with those and um, mm-hmm. to, to be connected to that and the why that you're doing, whatever it is that your business is doing, um, that mm-hmm. it's really coming from the inside out, from your internal guidance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so that I, that I, goes along with that idea of purpose. So like being on purpose, and um, and you know that our success is not that we made some money or you know that we have a business, but that we're feeling satisfied with what it is that we're doing. And so if we're mm-hmm. not connected to our purpose, even if we're successful, we're not going to have satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Yep. So in my language, I call that following your heart. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so entrepreneur, 
for on purpose, meaning I chose this on purpose. I didn't just fall into this. I actually chose it, right? Yeah, you know what that means? So we're making or a purpose like your soul purpose. Well, it's kind of both, actually. Um, I think it's on purpose, like purposely choosing what you're doing. So making conscious choices, um, not being um, overly influenced by um, external, you know, factors. Um, but also like that that sense of purpose, like from a soul perspective, like we're each mm-hmm. here for to you know we're here for a reason at this time um mm-hmm. in this lifetime and there's something that we each have to bring of a value um to our society to our community to our relationships um and and that that's our purpose and so if we're pursuing a goal that's out of alignment with our you know authentic desires uh, we're not on purpose, and that's not our purpose. <laughs> mm-hmm. In the in the beginning of your chapter, you were talking about the map. Yeah, and that to me, like we need to understand what the map is in order to get to this purpose that you're talking about. So I use I... the analogy of the map because I think that um, you know a lot of times if we're starting out doing something new. Um, starting a new business or starting um, into a field that may be new to us, um, we're looking for direction from other people, people that have been there before, um, people that have had success in a certain area. And so we're looking for guidance and advice and things like that. And, and that's all great and helpful. Um, but at some point, you know, so it's just like the map, like the map I described, like the tourist map, you know, so you mm-hmm. get those and there's certain sponsored locations that are going to be more um, prominent on the map. But if that's not really truly where you're trying to get to those sponsored maps, they don't show you all the roads and all the ways to get around. And so if you're following that, um, you can, you can find yourself lost and that map or someone else's, basically, the analogy is, you know, it's someone else's directions that they're giving you and how they're telling you to do something. So you might mm-hmm. be following those, and you might get to a point where it's actually not the right way for you to go, or it might not contain all the information that you need. And so the importance of being able to tune into your internal compass um, and to the internal guidance that you have, um, you know, from your soul to to show you what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's um, very difficult to not know where you're going, look for direction, and then discern whether or not the people around you are giving you a clear direction that is alignment with heart. How do you how do you discern if that's right or not? Well, one of the ways. Um, when I've worked with clients is actually uh, I bring the clients out to work with the horse and um, we explore their challenge um, while we're working with the horse. And what happens is that when the person gets into the energetic alignment of what's really, truly right for them, um, something will shift 
in how the horse relates to them that helps that to become obvious. Um, that's not the only way to do it, but that's one of the ways that I find we can get to, um, to the information more quickly for the client because the horse's response is so obvious. Um, okay, so wait a minute. Let's really, rewind the tape a little bit. <laughs> okay. For the listeners, we need to understand uh, where did this horse come from? What, what are we talking about? <laughs> we do. Right. So, um, so I have a process called equine guided coaching um, that I'm certified in, and this involves um, any kind of personal development process that we want to do. Um, we can bring that to working with horses. Um, It becomes an experiential process where we're able to get feedback um, from the horse about our real-life situation. Um, And it's just a really effective tool to to make changes in our lives that we want to make. The horses actually accelerate the learning process, um, which there's a whole lot that goes into that. Um, But it's a really fascinating, um, you know, way to improve ourselves, improve our relationships, learn more about who we are and how to manage our energy and how that's impacting ourselves, our relationships, and our world. Okay, but I mean, I absolutely adore horses. I love that. And, you know, I'm really good when I'm around them. I just, I just, however, I'm not making that connection. Like, how, give me a little bit more. How does this happen? This shift in with the horse. Well, part of it is that when you go outside to be around a horse, you're actually getting out into a more natural environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of us live in more technology-focused um, electricity. We're in towns and cities, and we're, our bodies, our physical body is being bombarded um, mm-hmm. and really overstimulated by all the Bluetooth, wireless, all that energy that's just going around us all the time um, is impacting our physiology. And so we actually kind of have to start to tune things out in order to not go a little bit crazy. And Mm -hmm. so when when we're tuning out the signals and the things that are all around us, we can also be tuning out our own intuitive promptings, um, which is what tells us if we're on purpose or not. So if we have a chronic habit of tuning those things out in our regular life, when we go out into nature, um, even without a horse, but with a horse, it's actually amplified. Um, When we get out into that space, we're able to uh, relax the, um, the bracing so to speak, that we have against all this input. We're able to regain our sensitivities and and start to really feel our own feelings and our own sensations. That's where our guidance is coming from. Mm, And so that natural mm -hmm. environment helps us to do that. What's also been shown is that being in um, in the field of the horse, like the horse's energetic field, Mm -hmm. um, helps our bodies to actually start to come into a more balanced, coherent state. Um, Horses live in that sort of balanced, coherent state as long as they're in a natural environment and they're not in a high-stress situation. Um, And so when we get around them, 
their energy field is actually much bigger and stronger than ours. Um, and it starts to influence us into a more coherent, balanced state. And that also helps us to tune more into our own feelings, our own sensitivities and promptings so that mm-hmm. we can hear our intuition. I'm a firm believer in that. Firm believer. And it just sounds like the synergy between us as humans, you know, coming together with the energy of, of that animal. So now I'm wondering, now what is the difference between like a horse and, you know, our dog or a cat at home? Sure. So horses actually have a more similar social instinct to humans. Um, in order for us to survive, we actually need to be part of the group, part of the community. Um, and that's how horses are. Horses um, in nature live in a herd um, structure. And for safety, they need to be with their herd. If a horse is um, out by itself and pushed out, they're actually in danger. That's, you know, that's how they are going to be picked mm-hmm. off by a predator um, and killed. And so they're natural instinct is to communicate and coordinate in their social Mm. structure. And so there's more of a substrate for that kind of communication between um, humans and horses um, than like cats specifically are more of a, um, uh, you know, independent animal. Now Mm -hmm. dogs, we know they live in packs, right? So there is sort of a pack pack, sense of like living together with dogs um Mm -hmm. but their instincts are a little bit different and if if you have a dog you know they're much more um wanting to please you Mm -hmm. um and responding in those kinds of a way whereas a horse um if they're not confined and if they're free to respond at will they're either going to choose to be with you because they are feeling safe or comfortable or they're curious or interested in you, or they're going to choose to go somewhere else. Um, Hmm. They're not really, it's not the same kind of like trying to please you way that dogs do. Mm -hmm. And the other piece is actually um, what I was explaining before about the, the field of the horse, the horse's energy field. Mm-hmm. Um, so the horse's heart is 10 times the size of a human heart. And oh. there's um, science that shows the, um, the magnetic, electromagnetic field that's coming off of the heart. So like for a human being, our field comes out about three feet in all directions. And our heart's about a pound. So if the horse's heart is 10 pounds, the average horse, um, you can imagine how much bigger and stronger their energy field is. Um, and so if we compare that to a dog or a cat, you know, they're just that sort of is a totally different energetic field that that animal is um, just based on their size. Mm-hmm. That is beautiful. Makes me want to pet a horse. <laughs> I'm thinking, <laughs> where can I go see a horse right now? <laughs> yes, I'm very, very much into that. Oh, wow. Um, okay, so because I could really talk about this, just the horse part of it, but you know, keep going with um, our internal compass and our soul, and like you know, how, how, and if I went out and I saw you and I spent time with this horse and that energetic field, how clears my space, my thinking, 
in order to be in touch with what I love. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. What happens to us, I think, when we're, you know, a lot, well, most people that are in their day-to-day stressful environments, like I was saying before with, you know, um, the desensitization that we do just to live in our technology-heavy lives, um, it, it tunes us out from our, from our body and our senses, and it really puts us a lot in our head. So when we think about, like, like our logic, like trying to solve our life from a log- our logical mind standpoint versus tuning into our heart and our gut mm-hmm. and, and the information that's coming from there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, um, there are more pathways um, in our nervous system that transfer information from our gut and our heart to our head than the other way around. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we tend to put a lot of focus on our mind and what our mind thinks. Um, and a lot of that is worrying about what other people think of us. Yep. And if ego. we can get, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So if we can get out of our head, so to speak, um, where we're outside, we're feeling our feet on the ground, we're feeling our our gut and our heart and our senses, we're actually in a more open state Mm -hmm. for information and intuition to come into us. We're actually in a better place to be able to learn something new, to take in new information and to have a new perspective um, on a relationship or a job challenge or something else when we're in that state than when mm-hmm. we're sitting at our desk and we're in our head and we're just like trying to like figure it out with our mental you right know, capacity. Um, right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds to me like, um, you know, and we're talking about entrepreneurs and finding your passion and purpose and things, but also in our life, you know, if you're struggling, you know, let's say, um, you know, your marriage is falling apart and divorce is inevitable. Sounds to me, if you got out there with the horse and what you're saying in that clear space, you would somehow have the courage. You know, you would you'd feel the breath of fresh air and understand what needs to be done and, and have that courage that step. Am I right or not? Yes, that's what, I, that's what I find. I mean, the people that I work with, when they come out to be with the horse, um, they're actually able to connect to themselves more deeply mm-hmm. and to trust themselves. And, and really, I think that's where, that's where it, the foundation is of, of our self-esteem and of how we're able to get the clarity of the decisions that we need to make and, and what we need to do is um, being able to trust ourselves, mm-hmm. to trust our feelings. And, um, and that's one of the things the horses do and another another thing that they also help with um, when we do have emotions or feelings that have been stuffed and and squelched and we're not really acknowledging or processing them, the horses will help to bring that to the surface so that we can feel those feelings and that we can process them. Um, and a lot of times in relationships, that's really what's at the root of the problem is there's all these un spoken, unresolved, un, you know, 
processed emotions and feelings that are complicating and clouding our judgment and our understanding of what it is that we want or what we need to do or how to, how to address it. Mm Mm-hmm. Totally agree with that. In your chapter, um, the aspects of internal guide system that can be developed include your somatic awareness, cognitive functions such as imagination, memory, reasoning, and intuition. Attunement to your internal guidance system goes hand-in-hand with a healthy self-esteem, which includes the capacity for self-responsibility and trusting yourself. Okay, so that's those are two different things. And um, mm-hmm. I ta- let's talk about that for a minute. How, how do you feel when I read that? How do I feel when you read that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, okay, so tell you how I feel. <laughs> yeah, so, how do you feel when you read it? So I read it. I, I highlighted it because I really like what you said about your internal guidance system. It can be developed. So that was that's a, um, that word right there can't be minimized. It can be developed or imagination. What you're talking about is we don't have time to imagine anything because we're congested with you know city life responsibilities whatever and our memory it's like um who has time you're trying to get things done with Mm -hmm. anything yeah and your intuition your gut you know we're not listening to our gut because we're always caught up in logic reasoning you know what makes sense listening to others opinions and so we have to develop it and then attunement it's um, internal guidance system that goes hand with a healthy self-esteem. I love that because if you can't trust yourself, your, your self-esteem is not going to be there. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And what happens, what happens though, is, you know, things happen to us when we're young. Um, mm-hmm. Situations happen where um, our, we're actually, what's our natural intuition is, almost taught out of us. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I like to tell a story of, you know, it's like imagine this little girl and she comes in the kitchen and her mom's standing there chopping vegetables and, like, chopping really hard and, like, she's she's tense and her brow's furrowed and she's, you know, chopping these vegetables. And the little girl says, Mommy, Mommy, what's wrong? And the mom mm-hmm. says, Nothing, honey. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Because... She's had a fight with the dad or something, and she doesn't want to burden her little girl with the adult conversation or whatever that is, right? Which we -hmm. could all understand that. But when she tells the little girl everything's fine, she's kind of um, dishonoring her little daughter's intuition because her daughter is picking up on the signals that something is wrong. Like, mommy's tense. Like, she can feel the energy. She can tell that something's not right, um, you know, and so if you can imagine um, that kind of a scenario happening over and over again, it teaches, you know, you can be taught to not trust yourself. Yeah. Well, and I think the message there is um, she's not worthy. You know, the child isn't worthy knowing, and mm-hmm. that hurts. You know, when, and yeah. that's where your self is and your self worth comes in, or you know, or lack thereof. We don't understand as a parent. You're looking at a child, thinking you're going to do the best by not putting the burden on whatever the problem is. 
but you still have to address the child. Right. To tell them it's nothing literally tells you you're not worthy of knowing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one. And another thing that happens often, too, is that, um, you know, our like our school system is set up to teach most, most generally speaking, most kids in the same way. Like we have the same, you know, it's like trying to get everybody to be the same. Mm-hmm. And there's um, a lot of pressure to conform. And people are made wrong often for their own gifts and their talents and things that are actually what's right about them, they get Mm -hmm. made wrong because they don't fit in their family or they don't fit in their church structure or their social structure. And so they get told like something's wrong with you or don't be that way. Um, You know, someone that has a very sensitive, emotional, empathic gift can be Mm -hmm. told you're too whiny or you're too sensitive or you're too whatever and if that happens over time long enough, they start to shut those things down mm-hmm. um, when that's actually what part of their gift and their value is. Um, and Absolutely. So that's a lot of what I see when I'm working with clients are where something like that has happened to them. It's caused them to shut down part of who they are. Um, and And that's what's preventing them from being able to trust themselves to make decisions. And so they're just Mm -hmm. taking all the external direction and leading their life that way. And it's not, it's not working for them. They're not happy. Mm -hmm. They're stressed. They're frustrated. um, And they're in a lot of pain. And so, you know, my goal is to be able to help uncover that and let them see what's right about them and reconnect to those, you know, parts of them that are of value Mm-hmm. Um, so that they can trust themselves again. Absolutely. So in that scenario that we're talking, that's literally teaching the child to check their, you know, their uh, intuition and their imagination, and not to be silly, put those things away. Logical, you know, that's all fine and good for a moment, but in the real life, this is what we need to do. And we take away our our child's ability, our own ability to imagine, dream, to go further than we realize our capacity is. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so that's when you're saying we have to develop that. Again, we have to be able to chip away everything that society has put on us and that burden and get back to, you know, being able to imagine something bigger for yourself and feeling worthy for it. Right. Yes, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and to be able to, like I say about the developing your intuition, I mean, there's there's our natural, um, you know, biological safety sort of like intuitive sense of like danger and staying away from danger and things like that. But there's also um, the more that we give attention to our intuitive promptings that have to do with direction and alignment of where we want to go and what we desire, the more we do that, the, the stronger that, um, that signal is going to be and the quicker mm-hmm. we're going to be able to recognize it. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's exactly right. So um, let's talk about an alignment more with our internal okay. compass and energy, the blocks that cause our dis-ease. Let's talk about that a minute. 
because I'm I'm totally I'm in total agreement with you. And you're talking about how these energetic blocks create the disease in our in our body, our ability to manifest the things that we want, and it creates you know this disorder in our life. We're not uh, recognizing. Yes, absolutely. So the, um, you know, so one of the, you know, anger that's not expressed is is held in our body. That it's just energy. Emotions are energy, and so when we have an emotion that we don't um, acknowledge and allow, um, and we stuff that, it actually gets stuck in our body. Um, and it disrupts the flow of energy that goes through our body. And like I say in there, when, when it's chronic over time, um, it can start to um, cause, turn into physical pain. Um, there's a lot of um, research out there that, can, that shows correlations with emotional pain and emotional suffering that has that with certain physical ailments um and it's just you know our we're energetic beings and um anything that's happening where we're stuffing our emotions or constricting them or not allowing that to move um is gonna it's gonna have a consequence hmm how is how another i I lost you. Oh, can you hear me? I started to, I was listening to you and somehow, you, can you hear me okay? Yeah, it's, you're cutting out a little bit here and there, but I, I can. I have a connection issue. Okay. Now I can't hear you. What should we do? Hmm. I'm still here. Okay. Hopefully Hello? we're going to get this, this back. What else can I do? I'm still here. Hello. Yeah, I can I can hear you try to talk to me. I don't know if you can hear me. I can but... hear you. I can still hear you. <laughs> oh, technology. Don't you just love it? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. What okay, else so can I'm I do? I'm not quite sure what is happening on two sides, but for some reason, I'm not able to, to hear you. Can only hear. I don't know. Yeah. Mm, that's yeah. so odd. Okay. Well. Yeah. Do you? You know. Let's. I can try to call let's, back um, in. I don't know if that works. I don't know if you can hear me at all. Okay. This is what we're going to have to do. I'm going to um, end this show, end this episode, and then we will pick up again. Um, shortly. How does that sound? I hope that's okay. I hope you okay. Can Sounds good. <laughs> All right. I'll see you in a bit. Okay. Bye-bye.